0: hello and welcome to the teaching ministry of impact family church for more information including service times and directions or to find out more about us you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com we trust you'll be blessed by today's message so many of the times you know when i know i'm going to be ministering soon god starts talking to me in the middle of a service. You know, pastor will be talking about something, and then he starts talking to me about something, and so I've got my trusty little iPad, you know, there, and I start writing some things down. And then by the time I get to it on Wednesday, I mean, I, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of all laid out, you know, for me. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about renewing your mind. Um, and really, it, it came as a result of something he's the, some of the verses that he's been using in the last couple of weeks. And let's just go back over there and kind of refresh our memory a little bit. If Ephesians 1, verse 17. Hallelujah. Well, let's start in 16. It's Paul 16. Paul's saying this. He's writing this. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. I think I said this one time before. When Paul said, I cease not, it wasn't just that, you know, I just think about you ever so often. And so I, you know, I just, you know, continue. You mean he really made effort. He put effort into his prayers for people. I mean, continual effort. When he said, I cease not, he really meant, I cease not. I am continually in prayer for you. My heavens, to know that that man was praying for me, wouldn't that have been a blessing? You know, as as a, a person in this church, anyway, went on. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit and re- of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of you of His calling, and you might just go ahead and just add in this part too, and that you might know what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance and that you might know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe then go with me oh, just a couple pages over ephesians 3:18 Starting Well, let's start in 16. That he would grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. One of my favorite scriptures right there. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of with all the fullness of God. And then go over to Colossians 1.9. Hallelujah. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I have a note written here in my Bible that you may have a personal knowledge of his will. Well, that kind of that really, I got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know, Paul is praying that, that be filled with the wisdom and be filled with knowledge. You know, in everything that we do in life, there's a God part, there's a man part. Well, he's praying that God would do his part. But you know what our part is? Go over to Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 2. Well, let's just start in one. It bears repeating. Um, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I have, you know, I loved writing notes in here, and it's where it says, do not be conformed. It says, do not let the world push you into its mold. And if you'll notice, the word renewing is a, is a ing. It means constant present action. You know, there is not a renewal of the mind. There is a renewing of the mind. It is a constant ongoing process. You do not reach the, the point. Okay, I have reached, I have reached the pinnacle of, of my renewing process. I am up here. That's all I have to do now. I have reached my goal. Da-da, I'm done. No, you are never done your mind is constantly in need of renewing. Constantly. You might not think so, but listen to yourself sometimes. If you could take a tape recorder with you and record everything you say and then play it back to yourself, you would say, What? Did I really say that? That's not what the Word says. I know better than that. And yet, that's what came out of my mouth. Well, that tells me that the renewal process isn't complete. Because when the renewal process has done its work in a particular area of your life, your mouth is going to line up with that renewal. Hmm. Yeah, it will. Now go over with me to Isaiah 55. Glory to God. Isaiah 55. You know, for us to be able to have what Paul prayed in those three passages that we read, then we have to do something on our end. For the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge to become, to become vital in our lives, we have to begin the process. We have to begin the process of renewing our minds and it's a necessary thing. We say, well, you know, I'm, I'm good, I'm fine, you know, I, this, is, this is all great, you know, everything. But I want you to look at what uh, chapter 55 of Isaiah, um, starting in verse 8, says For my thoughts, this is God speaking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Well, now, there is a way for our thoughts to become his thoughts. And it's called renewing the mind. If we're going to be in this world and we're going to be fulfilling the purpose and the plan of God for our lives... It will include reaching out to other people. It will include being a testimony. It will include being a light. And what it basically means is, is that we have to work together with Him. You know, when I go over to John's gospel and I read and I, and I see that, that the, the word comforter, that is the, the helper, the paraclete, the one called alongside. And then i go to another scripture, and it's, and it's talking about how he helps our infirmities. That means to take hold together with, against. He wants to take hold together with us, but we have to take hold together with him. Now, you know, around our office, we have found out over the years that it's best to have people work for us who think like we think. Now, when Kendra first came to work with us, twenty almost 21 years ago. Well, this March will be 21 years ago. Oh, how time flies when you're having fun. Uh, when she first came to work for us, we knew that we were, we were somewhat compatible in the kind of, the kind of ways we think and kind of, kind of, the same kind of humor for sure. Uh, but it took some time for her to be able to think like we think. So that if she was here by herself at any time and we weren't here and something may had a decision had to be made, she would make the decision that we would make because she had made herself begin to think like we think. See, now that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to renew our minds to the place and make sure that our thoughts are like his thoughts. So that when there's a task at hand to do, we already know what to do. Because we know how he thinks. It makes the person who thinks like you think, when they work for you, it makes them extremely valuable. Amen? See, God wants you to become as valuable to him in action as you already are in relationship. See, you're you're beyond value to him when it comes to your relationship with him. But he wants your value to go up because he's more able to use you. Because you're going to think like he thinks. And when you think like he thinks, then you're going to do like he does. The Amplified Version. Oh, now let me, let me just go over to, uh, to Jeremiah 31, 33. You know, Jeremiah is talking, he, I mean, he's, he's got, he's, he's written this by the Spirit of God. But, you know, he's talking to people who, who were not born again, but he's he's talking about the people who will one day, when he said this, he said, and this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Now if you go over to Hebrews, the 8th chapter, they, they quote this verse. Hebrews 8, verse 10. Quoting this, it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. If you look at at Jeremiah, it said, I'll put their law in their inward parts. I like the fact that in Hebrews it says, I will put my laws into their mind. I'll put my thoughts into their mind. See, that God's wanting to put his thoughts into your thoughts. He wants to incorporate all of you into all of him. Uh, The Amplified version of that says, I will imprint my laws upon their minds, even upon their innermost thoughts and understanding, and engrave them upon their hearts. If we're going to work with him, we have to begin to think like him. And that's one of the purposes of renewing your mind. It's not just for your benefit, but it's for his benefit. Obviously, the more we renew our minds, the more benefit it, it becomes to us. But really, the more benefit it becomes to him. You know, I, I started wearing glasses um, when I was in the sixth grade. I was 10 years old. And the way they arranged the classroom, you know, when, when I was in the fourth and fifth grade, I managed to always sit up front. And so I didn't realize that I was having a problem seeing because I was so close to the board. But as time went on, I'm having to turn around. I was, I was a good kid in school. Nobody ever had to get on to me. But suddenly my, the teacher is going, turn around. What are you talking about? Why are you talking? Why are you talking? Well, I really wasn't talking for, for just no good reason. I was saying, what does that say up there? What does that say? There's something up there, but I can't read it. You know, And my parents finally realized that she, the girl needs some glasses. And so when I got my glasses, you know, unlike most kids who are 10 years old, when you have to tell them constantly, put your glasses on, where is your glasses? Where'd you leave your glasses? You know, did you lose your glasses again? I would I would get in the bathtub with my glasses on, I would go to bed with my glasses on because I was I was like, I'm so thrilled, I can see. You know, when we first get born again, we are so thrilled, I can see. What was so dark and dim to me, I can now see. But, you know, you didn't realize it before. There are people out there who are so lost. They don't realize they're lost. Their vision is so off. But I'm telling you, when the the Word of God gets in their hearts and they finally give themselves to the Lord and, and accept salvation, suddenly it's like they put glasses on. I can see. Oh, everything is so different. But, you know, for me, glasses, these days, I don't need them so much now for distance because as I got older, my distance vision has greatly improved. But reading is now an issue. And so this is why I have these guys all the time. But if you really stop and think about it, glasses are temporary. If I don't have my glasses, I don't read that well. Or I don't see that well out there, but there is a way to make it permanent. You know, there's a surgery called LASIKs, and if you go in to have LASIK surgery done, what the whole purpose is, what they're what they're what they're accomplishing is, is they're reshaping the lens of your eye, so that your perspective on the things that you look at have changed permanently. Listen, that's what renewing the mind is all about. God wants to reshape your perspective on life, on everything that has to do with your life so that it becomes a permanent fix. Permanent, not just temporary. Listen, the person who comes to church just every once in a while, the person who just reads their Bible just every once in a while, they've got glasses. Tomorrow... They may not see it as clearly as they do today because they're not been in the process of renewing like they should. But the person who gets into the word and has that constant ongoing process of renewing of their mind will come to a place where certain things are fixed. Their perspective, their spiritual lens has been totally reshaped, reformed, remolded, and now it is as clear as it possibly can be. How can you and I have the Spirit of, and the Word reach on the inside of us and give us wisdom and revelation, knowledge, unless we begin the process by our part of renewing our minds? And it can't be just a temporary just when I put my glasses on when I come to church. It's gotta be something that becomes a permanent thing in our lives so that no matter where we are, what situation we're in, we don't have to go run to find our spiritual glasses. The permanent fix is already there. You know, you can if you if you have a problem seeing, you know, like up close. When you look in the mirror, you're not likely to see everything you ought to see. Mm -hmm. But when I put my glasses, I have have a stash of glasses everywhere. So when I reach in my drawer, you know, my side of the vanity, and I pull out my glasses and I get up close going, Oh my goodness, got to take care of that. Has anybody been there? Maybe you didn't take your glasses out and look real good and you get off somewhere and somebody says something, you go, oh my word, did I leave the house looking like that? Did I really leave the house not taking care of that little problem? I didn't even know there was a problem. See, when we don't do that, we don't even know there's a problem sometimes. You don't keep yourself built up in in a particular area. You don't even know you got a problem. Sometimes we're so close to a problem, we can't see anything but the problem. Or that we get to the place we don't see the problem at all. Because we don't have some spiritual glasses on. You know, nothing to, nothing to make things clear to us. So that we can look at it and go, all right, got to change, bud. This is, this has got to stop. You know, you gotta, you got to see the world clearly. And only when you keep renewing your mind will you see the world as you need to see it? You know, it's it's the kind of thing that, how do you know when you've really renewed your mind? Well, it it makes me think back to a question I asked Jonna Abbott one time. You know, Jonna was our secretary for a while, but she came, she came here to go to school in, in, what, 1984, I think, somewhere along in there. And... uh she was our secretary for a while. She went off to Bible school. She went to, she went to Russia. And she had been a nanny in Germany for a couple of years, while, you know, in between all of this stuff. And before she came back, was our secretary. And uh, then she wound up in Russia. So she was fluent in German, and she was fluent in Russian. I asked her one time, I said, now, Jonna, how do you really know when you're fluent in a, particular, in a language that's not your native language? She said, when you can dream in it. When you can dream in that language, you know you've got that language down pat. Listen, when we can look at situations of life and automatically just just go right in with what the Word says, when we know that we're doing a good job of renewing our minds. Automatically. Not think, not not have to go, oh, i got to go find my Bible. i got to go find my Bible. Okay, what does the Word say? What does it say? What does it say? But we automatically go into a mode of, this is what the word says, this is what the word says, this is what the word says, this is what the word says. I caught myself the other day, I don't know what it was I was watching, it was, uh, I don't know, Alaska Bush people or something like that, I don't know. You know, it was late one night and I thought it was pretty interesting, at least it was, you know, it's helping my insomnia at, the night, at that particular night. But in the middle of all this program, this particular commercial ran several times and I was just like, What? And it was about this paranormal stuff. These, these spirits that were in this house that were attacking people and all this. And this lady is screaming at this, this entity or whatever. You know? And my, immediately my mind said, you cast the devil out of that house is what you do. You take authority over that thing. Listen, you and I have no business watching those kind of shows. You and I have no business going to those kind of movies because it will impair your ability to believe God and do what the Word says where that kind of stuff is concerned. You know, pastor's been talking about we have authority over the devil and every demon out there. I don't understand Christians who go to those kind of movies. Why they're opening themselves up to that. I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. I don't understand why somebody would, would go to Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre type movies. What, why would you do that? You know what's wrong with this world today? You know why there's so, so many massacres around here? It's because the, the world, the entertainment world, fills our minds, our homes, our lives with that kind of violent nonsense. To the point that people begin to have no value for life. It's playing a video game where you're killing everybody. I tell you, you need need to be careful. You need to be careful and to to see the world the way you need to to see it in a lot of different places. This is one of them. Don't get caught up in that kind of stuff. Oh, but it's just fun stuff. Listen, it's not just fun stuff when the enemy is going to try to use it to get a foothold in your brain. You're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And if he can get a hold of your soulish realm, he has got an inroad into you that he can establish a stronghold. Don't put yourself in that position to watch that stuff. It matters what goes in your eyes. It matters what goes in your ears. It matters what you put your fingers to on the buttons of that video game. It matters. And yet we allow ourselves to be pulled into this stuff all the time instead of heeding what I know that man on the inside is saying. Why? You haven't renewed your mind enough. When you'll renew your mind, your mind and your heart will line up against your flesh. You got a flesh problem? means you also got a mind issue. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Our actions tell tell the, us and the rest of the world how renewed our mind is. Mm-hmm. If the devil can get you to give him an inch, he will wind up taking a mile. You know, we, we just can't afford it. We just can't afford it. I am, I'm coming to a place where I know I can't afford to have a bag of potato chips in my house. Because as soon as I open that bag of potato chips, my favorite is wavy lays, lightly salted. Do not bring me any. I just, think I just want something just a little crunchy and a little salty. I just get a couple. Half a bag later. I'm just going, why did I do that? See, Christians are that way. They play with the world. I can just take a little bit, just a little, I just want just a little I just want a little bit of excitement here. I just want a little bit of this want, And before they know it, they're, they're on the, tr- the, the trash pile of things. Then there's all the regrets that come with it, and I wish I hadn't have done it. And yet they put themselves in the same position because they don't then take the opportunity to renew their minds. You know, I'm finding that true. I said I wasn't going to buy any more potatoes, and they're in the house right now. It's terrible. My mind is not renewed to wavy, lays lightly salted. I'm sorry, it's just not. I love them. Listen, there's so many things that we need to make sure our mind is renewed on. Just the fact that God is good. We are bombarded constantly by the world and by much of the church world that says that things bad that happened, God must have a plan. Must be all part of the big plan. Somehow, God knows best. If it's not good, it's not God. You don't realize how much you're bombarded by that attitude all the time. And it still comes out in people. Even people here. Listen, it's I know that it's hard to say. I, I just I just happen to see something. Uh, just this week about a gentleman who goes to, a, to an Arama church down, down in South Florida, has a family, four little boys, and was killed in an accident where somebody, you know, was under the influence and came across a median and struck him and, and killed him instantly. Now, he went to Arama church, and yet he's dead. Now, somebody's going to say, well, God must have a reason. God must have a plan. Listen. The reason is, somewhere down the line, there was human failure to listen and obey. Now, we don't like that fact because we don't want to take responsibility for that. It could be God said, don't go this way today. Could be his own heart said, slow down, speed up, make a turn. And and Listen, sometimes the Spirit of God is talking to us. He's not yelling at us, and we just don't pay attention I have plenty of examples of that in my own life that things happened that shouldn't have happened if I had just listened and obeyed I heard it but I didn't listen later I went I could go back and say yeah I did hear that yeah I did I heard it but I didn't listen and it cost me and sometimes the cost is high you know, but there's those situations, it's not God's will. It's not God's plan. There's not a reason. God didn't need somebody else in heaven right now. We'll all get there soon enough. The tired time down here is so short. He doesn't, he doesn't want to shorten it even more. It's not God. And you will hear that everywhere. Everywhere. I have no doubt there's plenty of that being said about that, that man with four young children. And a wife left behind. See, you have to combat this constantly. You have to constantly keep yourself renewed. Because one day, if you don't, you'll go, well, you know, maybe God really, you know, was in that. As soon as you start compromising what the Word says, you're done. You're done. You have to go back and start it all over again. was it they say that, that to, to really learn something, you have to hear it at least seven times. If you've heard it wrong, you have to hear it at least seven times to get it out of you and at least seven more to get it established on the inside of you. It's wonderful that we have kids around here who are learning these things from an early age. And we need to make sure that, that our children are so immersed in the Word of God at church and at home and, and everywhere possible so that they don't fall into some of the same traps you and I have, fought, have fought, fallen into by all the wrong thinking we were brought up with. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I was brought up in a, in, a, in a church home, but we didn't understand a lot of what I understand today. They didn't know. Nobody had ever taught them. And so they passed down what they knew to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and and then come to find out, lo and behold, some of that was so wrong that it didn't represent God the way God is in in the Bible at all. And we've got kids around here who are going to be raised to know better. But, you know, it's up to us to reinforce that as much as we possibly can, as often as we possibly can, and then get them to an age where they do it for themselves. You know, I I saw a thing that that Helen put up last week about how she and Opal had gone to Gainesville to go shopping and stuff, and she shut her finger in the car door, and Opal immediately said, let me pray for it. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. Jimmy and Leslie Smith's two girls have been believing God for a puppy. And so when they got one left on their front porch, there was I wish I had the had the whole text of the little letter that they put with that puppy. Just put it out there, had the girls go outside and find it. And Emily read this and how this is this is what happens when you when you believe God, he answers your prayers. See, that's what these kids need to be raised with. That's the thing, kind of thing that we need to instill in them. But as adults, we have to be so vigilant and so diligent to keep renewing our minds in every aspect that, that touches our lives, every place. Listen, God wants to give us more wisdom. He wants to give us more revelation. But we start with a process by us doing the starting the renewal process on the inside of us and then continue it. We have to do that. Um, God doesn't take control of us unless we give it to him. He won't take it. He's a gentleman. He's give, the, the most powerful thing about the God we serve is that he's always given man a choice. A choice to love him. A choice to serve him. A choice to work with him. That's the beauty of of, of the relationship that we have. We do it from a place of choice. Not from a place of obligation. Not from a place of fear. Not from a place of uh, not not just not wanting to go to hell. But because we love him. We choose him. Because he's chosen us. You know... They're just you, you. Just you. Just don't seem to understand. You know how how little things people don't renew their minds on little things. And it isn't, doesn't it say over in the Old Testament that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine? You know people people who once were I mean every time the church doors were open they were here, and somehow that that part of the renewing of their mind kind of began to slip. And little by little they worked their way out of church. I'm thinking of somebody right now, it just it just amazes me. Amazes me that that they think everything is fine, their life is going great, they don't really need church, they can serve God apart from going to church, they don't need all this, it's just not necessary. And I'm going, where did that happen? There was a day that they let that little that little thing creep in where the enemy came to them with a lie. And said, You don't really need to go today. It's okay. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, I guess, you know, I guess it's no big deal if I don't go today. See, you never know what you're going to miss when you're not here. It's not a legalistic thing. It's a thing that it's a fact that God's got something for you every time you come. Not only does he have something for you, he has something. He wants to do through you every time you come. Whether it's just to smile at somebody, to hug somebody, just to be here drawing on the anointing during, during the message, whether it's to be, you know, drawing on the anointing and praise and worship, you know, whether it's to meet a need that's in your life, He has something for you and He has something for you to do. And yet, that little seed crept in. And little by little, like I said, if you give the devil an inch, he will take a mile. And so that person who once was in church, every single time the door opened, is now not in church at all with no intentions of darkening the door in any, any foreseeable future. That's a lie. They didn't keep their mind renewed. There are the bigger things. You know, when the enemy attacks your body, you have to know healing belongs to you. You have to know that you're more than worthy of his healing power. That he has provided healing for you in every circumstance. Not just one or two. Not just the little things. But in every area. Healing belongs to you. I have relatives been churched all their lives who said to me when I had cancer and I said I'm just believing God I'm healed well now you know now the Lord doesn't always heal us like we think he will and I pastor said to me do not talk to them again until this is over until we're totally past this do not talk to them again and he was right you know you have to be careful who you talk to when you're up against facing up against you better be in the word and you better be around people who are in the word Your best friend should be somebody who's as eager to keep their mind renewed as you are. And when you're falling down the job, don't be mad with somebody who comes to you and says, you know what the Word says, don't you? You know, you know better than this. You know the Word says this. Don't get mad at them. Rejoice that they love you enough to come to you and talk to you. Instead of just letting you just slide into oblivion. And go down that road where there's nothing but defeat and failure. I don't want to see anybody get get caught up in that. But it's amazing how many people get offended when 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 they're having some issues and they don't want to hear anybody talk to them. Because, well, I'm just as good as you are. Well, of course you are. But you're struggling in this area. I'm here to encourage you. Don't get mad with them. Be happy. Thank you is a good word. Hallelujah. Oh, you know, we're living in a society now where, what I said earlier, you have to see the world for what it is. You know, we're being asked as believers to compromise on some big issues. And if you don't compromise, like some church, some of the church world has, then you're not walking in love. Listen, the Lord tells us we need to love the sinner, but we don't love the lifestyle of the sinner. And the, and the, the way, you know, things happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, what was it? They accepted it as, as okay, and then they embraced it. There's a progression of these things, and the enemy is trying to get the church to it, slowly get to a place where we embrace other lifestyles. Listen, if it's not according to and does not adhere to the word of God, it is a lifestyle that any believer should never condone. Never. You love that person, but you never condone it. You never agree with it. You never accept it. There's so many, there's so many areas that the world is pulling on us constantly. And if we don't keep our minds renewed to what the word says, we will go the way of political correctness. We'll go the way of, well, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be just, you know, like the old drag, you know, in the group here. Uh, I don't want anybody to think that I'm just, you know, goody two shoes here, that I'm self righteous or something. I don't want to think that, you know, that doesn't have to be that way. Don't let the enemy tell you that. You know, have a standard. Your standard is the word. Live up to that standard. Keep your mind renewed so you stay strong in what you believe and why you believe it. And along the way, God's going to give us everything that we need. He's going to fill us with his wisdom, fill us with revelation, knowledge of things. He's going to put such great wisdom in in our mouth that when, when people we go to talk to, it's just amazing what comes out of us. But it won't come just because... Oh, that's just God taking control, taking over the situation. It's because you have worked hand in hand with him by renewing your mind. By you getting into that process, getting in that line, getting into that place where you're able to work with him like he wants to work with you. Because you're beginning to think like he thinks. Your ways are becoming his ways. The more we do that, the more we think like he does, the more we act like he does, the more valuable in this world we are as an asset to him. So get busy. None of us have reached what we need to reach. We're still working on it. Like I said, it's a re, the, it says the renewing of your mind. It is an ongoing process. You know, the enemies always want to pull out of you what the Word has put into you. And you will have to keep that renewal process going to hold and to maintain what you know to be true. If you don't, then suddenly you won't know that it's true anymore. The truth. Didn't Pastor just say it just this week or maybe the last week? You shall know the truth. But sometimes just because people know the truth doesn't mean they will act on the truth see God wants us to be knowers and doers if we will know the truth and put some action to it then that the truth will make us free it'll make us free the word says it and I believe it